This to us, this is church. It's family. It's coming in. It's messy. No one's perfect. Um, <laughs> we we got no perfect people here. We we <laughs> are you perfect? <laughs> According to my kids, I am. But yeah, that that doesn't count. But welcome to church, everybody. I hope you guys have an an, an encounter with Jesus today. That's what it's all about. So. Um, we are busy in a series called What Next? Um, two weeks ago, we came out of a fast for the church. And what we discovered was when you come out of a fast, it's not the end of what you were asking God for. It was the start of where we're going to. And so we asked this question just before we broke fast. It's like, what's next? Uh, because as a church, things look a little bit different. And um, so let me ask you this question. When I say church, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Just, just think about it there quickly. Ponder about it. I say church. Um, wh- what pops into your mind when I say church? How do you define church? Why do you come to church? Um, uh, as you notice, um, church is not a building. Uh, and for everybody that has been in Prodeo long enough, it is not a building or buildings. <laughs> and... Um, uh, it's not an institution. It's not an institution. That's what we need to make um, aware from the very beginning is that it's not a building and it's not an institution, but it's um, not a place that I go to or an event I attend. Yeah, Here, we believe that church is a spiritual family where I belong to. Um, and, and so you will hear us use language like, hey, fam, how's it going when we're speaking to everybody? Um, I don't invite you to come to church and meet our people. I introduce you to my family. Um, and it's not that weird. Um, for those who didn't notice, Alison is white. And I'm not, apparently. <laughs> I just, so, so we are a mixed family, whether we like it or not. And um, that is what we just believe. Um is mixed race, yeah. So um, I, I would like to ask you, if you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Acts. Uh, um, I'm gonna, today I'm going to be reading two short passages, and then we're going to unpack today's message of what's next. And the first part, both of them come from the book of Acts, chapter 2. And um, the first part is in verse 41 and 42. It says, those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to the num- their number that day. So just a little bit of background. The, Jesus has ascended to heaven. The disciples went and waited in the upper room where Jesus told them to just chill for a while and don't leave. Holy Spirit comes and wrecks the place. How many of you guys know when the Holy Spirit comes in, he doesn't come in our nice neat little boxes, just like Jesus didn't come as people thought he would come. Holy Spirit came in and wrecked their lives because where they were fearful, they stepped out in faith. And Peter, at the prompting of the Holy Spirit, steps in front of a crowd and starts telling them about Jesus. And there it says, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And let's continue. Verse 42. Then they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. So I just want us 
to, if you have your Bibles, if you, if you take notes, we, we encourage people to take notes here. It's one way to get into heaven. Um, <laughs> another bad joke. Uh, it doesn't work here. So um, things I just want us to have a look at in this passage. Number one is um, people heard and they were baptized. We need to be baptized because it's all about an outward expression of what God has done inside of us. Then there was something that we need to focus on. There was teaching of the word. You know, people came together and the apostles at that time, there were no pastors at that point in time. There were those that walked with Jesus, saw his crucifixion, experienced his resurrection, was filled with the Holy Spirit. And these guys taught the people what they knew about Jesus and this new way of living. So there was that. Then the next thing there was, there was fellowship. And one thing that always comes with fellowship is food. So whenever we invite you guys around, we believe it's biblical to eat stuff. We don't fast that much (laughs) because we believe Jesus, you know, Jesus ate with sinners. He ate with everybody. If he was here, he'd have like a meeting at Spur or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. That's just how I think. So, you know, they had, they prayed with each other. They had communion. So that is what what everybody looks at over there, what the church started as. So that was the New Testament church. But then it carries on. I want you guys to turn to verse 46. And it says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes once again and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. There was nothing about, check your calories, whether it's gluten or not, it's like... So, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And then the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So he added to them. And then they kept meeting. They kept worshiping. They kept hearing. They kept fellowshipping. And God kept adding. And so today I just want to take a couple of minutes to, um, to share with you from this Title, How to Church. How to Church. Can we pray quickly? Lord Jesus, we want to say thank you that we get to meet together. Thank you for this venue. Thank you for the people. Thank you for, thank you that you are our God. Thank you that you are good. And Father, today we just want to worship you with all that we are. King Jesus, you are so amazing. Thank you that no matter what we're going through, you continue working on our behalf. You still love us. You give us hope. And we just love you, our King. I pray that as we just unpack your word, that you will grow us and do what only you can do. Change us, Father God. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I've got, I've got three kids. My youngest is my princess. It's my little daughter. Her name is Rebecca. And um, she just learned how to tie her own shoelaces. The world has changed. Little Miss Independent now. Um, I have been trying for the past, what, what month are we in? 11, November. 11 months trying to teach this girl how to tie shoelaces. 
And in less than 10 minutes, a few weeks ago, a week ago, she was sitting with her friend, same age, and she learned how to tie her shoelaces. <laughs> Proud moment. I feel so, so valued there at that. But so she comes, and um, have you ever looked at someone that does something that you do as well? And they do it totally different. And your brain kind of just clicks and goes, what just happened? Like, because I watched Rebecca. She's like, Dad, let me show you what I can do. And she comes, she puts her foot on my pants with her dirty shoes. She leans forward and then she ties her shoelaces. And everything in me goes, that's not how we do it. How many of you guys have ever felt that way? I mean, like... It just it, you, you just want to do it yourself. Like, no! Whose kid are you? I don't know. <laughs> so, um, but, but everything in me that's shouting, hey, I've got to change it, I go, hold up. She's actually doing it. It might not be the way that I do it, but it's still getting done. She, she makes a double knot, so these things... Don't come loose. Her shoe stays on. The problem is she can't unknot it afterwards. So it's a very good knot. And so I look at that and I go, that's very interesting. Because I can remember when I taught the boys how to tie their shoelaces, they also had to learn it differently. But now they do it the right way. I don't know what the right way is, but it's my way. <laughs> and so when I look at them, I don't lose my mind. Um, my kids actually don't like tying shoes, so they put on pluckies wherever they go. Um, but I know for a fact, so at this moment, Rebecca can change her shoes, tie her laces, but as she grows up, she will find a better way to tie her shoelaces. The thing is that at this point in time, she can do it herself. And what we see here as we read, um, read through this passage is what we come to know as the blueprint of what church is. Uh, a place where we come together and grow through God's word, teachings. Where we worship him, they praise God daily. And fellowship, you know, they kept coming together. That is the blueprint of church. And I can guarantee you... Um, Wherever you go, somewhere in church, they do those things. So like we started off this morning with welcoming people. We had time of fellowship outside with coffee. We came in. We welcomed everybody. We, we did worship. We praise God. We sit down. We hear a word. Then we carry on. We, we broke bread with each other today. Um, that's not bread. What was that? Crackers. Next time we'll bring butter as well. But there's this blueprint that we follow. And I'm not saying that it has to be that, because different churches will do it a different way. Some of them, you'll go there and they'll start off with the word, and then three hours later, they will be doing five hours of worship. You know, every church is different, but everybody has a blueprint as to how they do it. But this is the thing. They spend time with each other and worship God. That is the baseline of what church is spending time with each other and worshiping God and then the thing that actually should blow our minds is where they actually did this gathering 
Because if you read certain translations, some of them will say, where God added to them daily, they actually say, and God added to the church daily. So they met in big buildings uh, because they didn't have church back then. They didn't know what church was. So they did. They were a bunch of Jews that started following Jesus. And that's where they got called Christians because the Jews called them Christ followers. And so they become people that followed the way. So where would they meet? Still in synagogues, in big places. Then they meet, met in public spaces, Sturkinikor, the food court. That says they, they met in the temple courts, which was a big open public space where they met. And then they also met in homes. So it didn't matter where they were. They would meet together, fellowship, and worship God. You see, this is church. It's not about a perfect place. What does a perfect place look like to you? Stained glass windows? <laughs> choir? <laughs> and... Uh, just as my daughter does her laces differently and it will change, no matter where we go, church will always be done differently. And as people grow, as the church grows, they will do things differently. See, it doesn't matter where we come together. It's why we come together. So no matter where we get together, this is something that I just want us to unpack today. Number one, we need to understand that church is a connection. Like I said, it's not about where we meet, it's why we meet. We need to connect with God. It's all about connecting with our Lord and Savior. There's this account in Genesis chapter 28. A guy by the name of... Um, do I need to change... This mic quickly. There's a guy called Jacob. Does that sound better? And Jacob is running for his life. His brother's inheritance. Um, and while he was running, he stops in a specific place to grab a sleep and has a dream where he sees a ladder coming down from heaven. And on this ladder, there's a whole bunch of angels going between heaven and earth. And then he has a conversation with God and God tells him, listen, this is how I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you the land and I'm going to bring you back here. And they have a conversation and they connect with each other. And after the dream, Jacob wakes up and he says this in Genesis 28, verse 16. He says, then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. So what happened was he was in a very remote place, but he still had a connection with God. And then he named the place Bethel which means house of God. And when we talk about church, everybody immediately thinks it is the house of God. But I want to stress out something here quickly. One of the things that he did was 
you met in a strange place. What does church look like to you? That is the question. It's not about where we meet. It's about why we meet. Church is not about a building. It's about a people that come together and does something. When we meet, we need to connect with God. You see, we have been meeting in different places over the past couple of weeks. Uh, we met in schools, in foyers, in upper rooms, in hotels, in Stirkenikos, two different venues. And the one thing that all those places had in common was that we all connected. We connected with God and we connected with each other. And so when we think of church, that is what we need to make sure that church is because you need to ask what's next. Because when you come to Prodeo, you're never going to know what we are going to do till last minute. Uh, I've, I've got to share with some of you that have not been with us um, a few weeks ago, two weeks ago on a Saturday, we got told we cannot meet at a specific venue and we need to move everybody. And so we climbed on social, we climbed on our phones, we, we ran to houses and we just said, hey guys, church is moving. And you know what? People moved. We went to a different location and we connected with Jesus. You see, we need to connect with God no matter where you are. And the thing is, we can do all this on our own. But God never wanted us to connect alone. And I'm going to talk about that in a few. Because Christian fellowship is not optional. It's essential. We were created to be around people. And we see that with kitties. My little one, uh, when you keep them at home, they are bored the moment they can't play games. You drop another human being their age in their presence and everything changes because we love social interaction. And as Christians, we need to get together and interact with each other. So being a Christian that doesn't connect with other Christians is like saying, I play soccer for a specific team, but I never pitch up for practice or play matches. It's like in my house, um, someone supports the Sharks, but never watches a game. They are a Shark supporter. I won't mention names. I'm not even going to look at Allison, because I won't stitch her like that. But, but that's exactly it. We can't say we are Christians, a follower of Christ, and we don't meet and connect with each other. Because that is what the way which we know today as Christianity is all about. It's connecting with God and connecting with people. And that is what church is. Church is a connection. So that you guys all know, 98% of everybody sitting here is here because somehow we connected with you guys. And we grow through connections. So firstly, church is a connection. Secondly, church is a conversation. You see, God speaks to us and we need to speak to him. Number one, it's a connection. Number two is a conversation. 
at the end of this year, we are going on holiday. Yay. We are driving all the way to the Highveld, and we're going to go visit our parents, in-laws. Yay. I, I'm, I'm really excited, I feel. I, I don't know. So we, we are riding. We're going to stop at two places. We're going to go to Clarksdorf. We're going to meet Ellie's parents. Quickly, Clarksdorf or Clarksdorf? It doesn't matter. Jesus still loves us. You see, it doesn't matter where you meet as long as you connect with Jesus and people. But in any case, so we're going to Clarksdorf. And uh, um, Ellie's parents are there. And then we're going to this place called Secunda. And that is where my parents are. And we're going to connect with them. But can you imagine going all that way, 16 hours driving to a place and you get to their house and you just sit there. Don't talk. Climb on your phone. Sleep most of the time and do nothing. Guys, we could do that here and it would be a whole lot cheaper. Do a, you know, a WhatsApp phone call, video call, put it there on the side and carry on with life over here. It's exactly the same thing. But we are driving all that way, not only to connect with them, but I can tell you we're going to talk a lot. My wife says she's introverted and she doesn't like talking. I'm not saying she's a liar, but I'm just saying you guys should see her around family. She, I'm not. I love you, babes. And we go and we chat. It's all about a conversation. So when we come to church, it should be the same thing. It should all be about a conversation with God. And as we keep that above illustration that I just used, um, we, we're driving and we're going to speak to our family. I want to share with you that a conversation with God happens in a few different ways. Now, there's a lot of ways that God talks to us. But the reasons why he communicates are, number one, for inspiration. God will speak to you to encourage you and inspire you to either start something or keep going. Um, in our house, everything starts off with this. What do you think? And we are all fast asleep. And then someone will come. And it could be anyone, not just my wife. And they'll go, what do you think if we go there and we do this? And no one's interested. And, and then the words come, and eat. Yeah. But it's a conversation, right? And a conversation will inspire you to get up and move. And so God will speak to you to inspire you, to encourage you, that you might be doing something or asking God for a direction, and he will go and he will chat to you and go, you know what? You are heading in the right way. Keep going. And then he'll give you a word. And most times we get words through people within the church. And they'll come to you and they'll go, I believe God is saying this. I believe God wants to encourage you this way. So one of the ways God is going to speak to us is through inspiration. The next one he's going to speak to us is giving us direction. Uh, I'm so grateful for um, Google Maps. But these, these, these um, who do you listen to? Do you listen to the maps or do you listen to the person that is reading the maps? Okay, so 
I'm not going to talk about that. But if you want to go somewhere, you need directions to get there, right? And so God will say, hey, in your specific area, in your life, in your walk, in what you want, you should do it this way. You should connect with people that are over here. He will direct you. How many of you guys ask for directions? I'm man enough to say I do. But God will speak to us to give us direction because sometimes we are just going in a way and we're like, Lord, where do we go from here? So we are asking us this question, Lord Jesus, what next? And I've got it. I was sharing with the team this morning, my wife, uh, we, you know, whenever something happens in the church and we have to figure out what's next and we come up with a crazy idea, Alison will turn around and goes, what's the word? It's a God thing. It must be a God thing. And I'm going, can you, and I just burst out laughing. And uh, I'm like, can you stop saying it's a God thing? Because whenever it's a God thing, it's a crazy thing. It's, it's like, um, it's, it stretches us. My hair changes color. You laugh. I shave it because it looks weird. But you see, he gives us direction. He tells us where to go. He tells us what to do. So God will inspire us and then he will direct us. And then another thing that God will do as well, he will correct us. I've got to, sorry, I've got to share this. <laughs> so we go somewhere and... Um, what we did when we, we moved to Cape Town, we didn't know anything, anywhere. So what we'd do is we'd put on our GPS, our Google Maps, to go somewhere. And Alison would be, hey, when we go home, let, let's make it an adventure. Put off the, the GPS and let's find our way home three days later. <laughs> you know? So, so we, we've had those kind of moments. But then there are times where I'm like, quick, babes, I don't know where we are. We're in, a, we're in a specific suburb and we just need to find the place. And I'm like, okay, babes, which way do we go? Because the, the maps isn't talking somehow. We switched off the lady, you know, whatever her name is. And um, now I've got Alison and Alison goes, you need to turn right. <laughs> I'm like, babes, what do you mean right? She's like, go this way. Is that left or must we go right? She's like... That way. I'm like, okay, then we go left. And, and it happens often. So, so, so the direction is not, doesn't work. But we've actually like, had battery issues and it died. And we're going a specific way. And I don't know for those who were born before 1990. When you had to go somewhere, where did you stop for directions? The petrol station, because they were Google. <laughs> hey, do you remember that? It's like, I don't know where I am. It's like, oh, look, petrol station. And they'll tell you, three robots down, turn left. You come to a hump. You go over at the circle. You take the third exit. You carry on straight, and then you wait four boards, and then you turn left again. But you see, so we, we were traveling down this road. And I'm like, babes, I don't know where we are. And we go, we stop at the garage. And you know what he says? The guy we ask, where do we need to go? He's like, you're actually going in the wrong direction. You have to turn around and go straight back up that road. What was he doing? 
He was correcting our course. And we get to that way of thinking that when God corrects us, it's a bad thing. But the guy that gave us direction, he wasn't a bad guy. He was actually a good guy. And he was like, instead of going this way, you need to go that way. But before you leave, I think you need to put in petrol because it's a long way. <laughs> so he's a shark friend. But in any case, so God will talk to us to correct us. And we need to understand that correction from God is not bad. It means we're going down a specific road, a specific way, and he's going, that way is not good for you. You need to turn around and go this way. And so when it comes to church, usually in time of worship or when we're listening to the word or when we're chatting to someone through the work of the Holy Spirit, God will speak to us either to us directly or through someone and say, you know what, in this area of your life, you need to change something. Because it's all about a conversation. We don't want you to come to church and just spectate. Guys, if you want to spectate, man, they're not the show. This guy is going to say weird things. We, we're going to play no wrong. Uh, we're going to be kicked out of buildings. God doesn't want you to spectate. He wants you to come in and participate. And participate means coming in and in worship, worshiping God. Connect with him. Because everybody has to do business with God on their own level. That's why I keep telling the, the guys that lead worship, Sometimes you don't have to tell someone to worship. They might be going through something, and at that moment, they don't want to. But sometimes they also just need to encourage you to get into that space of worship, to force you into a, a place where you go, okay, Lord, here we go. This is who I am. So it's a conversation where he inspires us, directs us, and corrects us. And then, lastly, church is all about community. It says, every day, in verse 46, every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. So I want you to notice something over here. Look at the words they use. They continued. They met in their homes. Praise God and enjoyed favor of all the people. And many more were added to them, not to him or her. That person didn't just sit there all on their own. You see, church is not just about me. God's concept of church was where we all come together and worship him. God was all about family. But the world goes, you know what? It's all about you. How are you doing? Where do you want to go? 
How are you feeling? And the problem with that is if we take the world system and mix it with the church system, which is God's way, then when I come in and I don't enjoy worship, I clutch out. When the word challenges me, then I'm offended. But Jesus goes, no, hold on. I, come, I want you to come here and connect with me. Connect with family so that you can grow. And then I want to chat to you and I want to give you direction, correction, and inspiration. Psalm 68 says God puts the lonely in churches. Oh, sorry, I read that wrong. I didn't. God puts the lonely into family. When we came to Cape Town, we, we, we came with just our tribe. And we had to find people to become family. So um, whenever someone comes to the church, we connect with them and it's like, hey, do you want to go for a coffee? Because in our family, I don't know if you noticed, we like to eat. We like to have coffee. We like to sit down and talk. No one can come to our house and just stand there for five seconds and then leave again. We've got people that when we're having conversations, some of their people will go, one, two, three, break. Come on. And then <laughs> because family is all about getting together. Church is all about community, connection. The writing in Hebrew says that don't ever think less of time spent with people together. In their words, don't neglect gathering regularly. Who likes bries? I've got to ask, what, what, what are we brying? Chicken. Just your chicken. But in our family, we like brying, and then whoever pitches up, you know, eats. It's not like you can hide the smoke. It's like, quickly, just douse the smoke, hide under it. No one, we're not at home. Brying is all about connecting. Family is all about brying. I mean, connecting. And so what the guy in Hebrews is saying, don't neglect getting together. Because we two or more are gathered in his name, there he is. So what does that mean? Where you are, you are having church. Where you are, you're connecting with God because that is what church is. You're connecting with God. And most of our conversations will always lead. And how are you doing? Can I pray for you? Can I encourage you through what God is telling me at this moment for you? Can I share a testimony with you? And before you leave, would you like a cup of coffee? So church is about connecting. Conversing and community. Because we're going to need to encourage each other, help pick each other up, cover each other. That is why it is a community. And so this is how to do church. And so back to the shoelace thing. Like I said, Rebecca does her shoelaces different. And currently, we are going to have to do church a little bit different as well. So, 
our church is going into a season where we will not be able to meet as one group in a single location. And so, I mean, we phoned around. We Warehouses. Can't wait to get a warehouse. Phone schools. You, you name it, we looked at trees. And, and we just couldn't. We, they still look good. <laughs> Guys, I've got a tan, a really crazy tan. This is because we, were, we, we decided to break fast by Sunsdal Dam and the sun burnt me. So if I take off my shirt, my head is dark and everything down here, my torso is white. And like, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so weird. But in any case, we, trees thing will be the last one. But um, so we are, sorry, this is how we do church. It's really crazy. Um, so we won't be able to meet in a single location with everybody. And so we decided to think a little bit out the box. It's like, what does it look like to do church for this next season? And so what we came up with, and this is why Ali goes, it's a God thing, is we are going to do church at home. And now everybody goes, oh, lockdown. Why? If you want to come and chat to us afterwards, I'll tell you why. It's a nice long story. There's a lot of coffee. We can go for food afterwards. And, uh, but what we want to do, church at home, with a different spin. Um, and please, if you, come up with a, if you can come up with a nicer name, better than church at home, please. Come on, man. Last night at half past 10, we were sitting trying to create logos and artwork. It's like church at home. And the way we were writing it was church at home. And, and then it's like, church at Ikaya. And, and we just couldn't find your tribe, you know, these things. So please, if you come up with a better idea, let us know. But we're going to be doing church at home for a season. And what it looks like is we don't want you to wake up on a Sunday and sit in your own house, log on to the internet, whether it be Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, whatever, and watch church. What we want everybody to do is to wake up, get dressed, find a tribe, go be church. So what we're going to do at our place is we are going to live stream the service from our house. We're clearing out one of the room and we're setting up the band there to worship live on a stream. Then we're taking another part of our house and we're clearing that out and that is going to be the church part of the stream. So we have hosts that are going to be live. We're going to have preach that is live and then we're going to have worship that is live. So where do you guys fit in? So what we've done is we've asked a couple of family members to go, hey, would you mind hosting um, and making your house available so that the rest of the family can come and join you? And so what we're going to do is we are asking our family to not isolate, but come on and be someone that joins in. And we are inviting you all to join us at someone else's house where they will bribe. No, they won't bribe for you, but they will welcome you in. You will, you're going to enjoy time together. You guys are going to fellowship you can come in pluckies. I don't know why you guys don't come to pluckies in church, to church in any case. Uh, come in pluckies. Go, go to someone's um, house. Connect with them. Fellowship with them. Have a time of worship with them. Hear the word. 
enjoy coffee with them afterwards, and then leave. We felt in the season that we really want to, one of our values is that family is our heartbeat. Family is who we are. So if we want to create this whole thing of family, we're going to go for this season. God, what does it look like? Let's do family together. And so it doesn't mean you have to go to the same house every Sunday. Do a Prodeo thing, go to a different house every Sunday. And um, we've got different people that said, Milo, we'll put up our hands. We'll host people. They can come to our house. We can watch the service together, fellowship together, have coffee together. We might stay longer depending on who you have. So uh, they'll bring lunch with um, to the host family. You know, chicken is always good. I think it's 60, 70 bucks at Woolies. That's just advertising. Um, TM, I don't know. So um, that is why we are in the series called What Next? Because we want to build strong Christians. And even though we can't meet every Sunday in one building, we're going, we're not going to be those kind of Christians. We're going to go, hey, where are you meeting this week? I want to connect with you. Let's meet at your house. Or if you're not meeting somewhere, come and meet at my house. But we're going to do church a little bit different. And no, church is a place where we connect with God, have a conversation with him, and where we are in community with each other. It's not about being alone. And so I want to encourage you over the next few weeks for the month of November, um, find a tribe, get, to with, get with them, connect with them afterwards, put your name down on a card, say, Mala, I don't know anybody. Who can I meet? You can come to our house and, and sit there. We're going to pack our chairs as well for everybody that is going to help us set up everything and serve. And you can come to our house as well and be a part of church. It's going to look different, but we're still going to connect, converse, and have community. And so we're asking, if you have friends, it will be easier to invite them over. Hey, come for a coffee, coffee. And then we go to the luister. I don't know how you say that in Afrikaans without that. And then we're just going to have church together. And so I'm encouraging you over this season, let's not isolate ourselves. Let's get together. Let's have church. Let us pray.